Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. and welcome to the Advanced Sports Analytics Show presented by Roto-Grinders. I'm your host, Travis Mangone. Here, back with the usual suspects, we got Stuart, we got Brandon. We'll kick it off with you first, Brandon. How's it going over there? How's the week? Oh, great. I'm in Atlanta. Uh, I think maybe some people from the Rams are staying in my hotel. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm i not sure I'm going to the game on Sunday, but I'm, but I'm here. And... Um, <clears throat> Had a good week in DFS. Not not an amazing week, but a winning week. So ready, ready to roll again. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, listen, the week wasn't the best for me, but I'm ready to roll again uh, for sure. Uh, I'm excited for this slate. I think it's a pretty good one overall. I think it's a one that I definitely like a ton. Uh, the Rams game, uh, that's definitely one we're going to touch on a lot. So if they're in your hotel, tell them the, you want the Rams to do really well. Unless that's the side you're not on. Maybe you want the under. But I, I, think, I think the Atlanta defense will handle that for them. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you don't have to say anything. The Atlanta defense has that taken care, uh, care for us. Cause that's, that's a 50 or more total. I'm expecting a lot of, uh, a lot of DFS action to be going on there. Uh, Stuart, how about you? How was your week and uh, how are things shaping up this week for you? Yeah. I mean, I got, I got wrecked last week and was on, you know, the Malcolm Brown train. Uh, just one of those weeks where like, I just looking at my line, you know, my kind of biggest lineup going in, I was just like, God, I hate this lineup so much, uh, but couldn't really find any solutions or, you know, ways to make it better. And uh, yeah, sure enough, like just got absolutely wrecked. Uh, 
in double ups and head to heads. But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, getting some redemption this weekend and uh, trying to improve from last week. Yeah, a lot happened. There was tons and tons of news that piled in. And listen, uh, it's Thursday when they were recording the show. And Friday, a lot of news ends up piling in. And we got news uh, Saturday night that changed stuff. Uh, it got me off of Kittle, which like, yeah, getting off Kittle worked out because of Hooper, but it still didn't work out overall. Uh, it helped me out to move on to Hooper, so that worked. But uh, Stuart, uh, talk about last week. Is what happened to you? Uh, you know, what what happened that you expected, didn't expect? Like one guy I had was Cooper Cup, and uh, I didn't expect Goff to get crushed like that with that defensive line. Just you know, putting so much pressure on Goff. Uh, what are some of the positives and negatives that you noticed from last week? Yeah, I mean, I had Cooper Cup too, and was kind of uh, when I was tinkering with lineups, like kind of finding my way towards cup away from Hopkins. I ended up playing both, but uh, just distributionally, I mean, cups, a guy who's just got a really nice distribution, got a high median uh, actually in excess of uh, Hopkins over the last, you know, one plus year and also got that good upside. So, I mean, I, I was kind of finding my way to him quite easily. Um, I don't know. Mahomes just feels like kind of a floor game for him. It was frustrating to see him get to like, what was it? 200 plus yards so quickly. And then it felt like for all the second half, he was just stalled uh, just below that 300 mark. Um, But yeah, I was just like my running backs, just looking at them. I really didn't like them. I had Fournette Bell um, and Malcolm Brown. And like, these are these guys that you could project for high volume, but I, I was just really you know, with these guys, you do get worried that they have this pretty high probability of throwing up like a, you know, 15, 20 touch, uh, 70 to 80 total yard kind of game with no touchdowns. Um, and, you know, that happened, I think, for, for a few of those guys. And, uh, yeah, it's tough to kind of overcome uh, that that touchdown drought with, with those guys. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I think kind of this week uh, going to try to focus and, and find that volume, but making sure I'm getting volume with guys who – who can uh, deliver on those touches and, and, and not just pure volume plays. Yeah. One thing uh, it's been happening a lot this week, like for instance, I, or not this week, this season, I played Malcolm Brown, right. And I've been paying up at receiver more this season in the past. I don't think that's going to be the case for me this week. I think I'm really going to jam in a lot of the volume guys. I got some good volume guys last week, but uh, I think this week I'm really going to jam in some pretty decently volume guys. One guy was uh, Leonard Fournette last week who we've seen, man, he just keeps getting a ton and ton of volume. Brandon, uh, are you in on these uh, volume running backs? Uh, you know, did they help you out last week? How was your construction? What did you do? Uh, give us a breakdown of kind of last week's review from you. Yeah. So we were, we were down on Fournette early in the season on, on efficiency. Um, <clears throat> but on DraftKings, he's, he's a great play because his price hasn't, risen fast enough and uh he's getting great volume in the passing game and great volume all downs running game so he's sort of he's sort of a must play lately in uh in DraftKings, and the ownership is not david johnson like it's not completely outrageous so i think uh i think he's a guy you want to you want to have a lot of this week um last week it was uh, it was a good it was a good week. Um, you could you could have really done well if you played the ownership game and, and recognized that a lot of a lot of people were going to play uh, digs on Fanduel where he was cheap and avoid him on DraftKings when he was expensive. You could just be a, a little contrarian there. You would have crushed on DraftKings if you had rolled digs there. Uh, <clears throat> I uh, I took a shot on that huge tournament with the half the money going to first. I was trying to get that million dollar, you know, I guess a few people have uh, cracked that, that million dollar prize on the, in the Roto grinders network, but I was kind of going for it. 
uh, had a had a very live chance there. Um, <clears throat> I had a, a Diggs lineup that was heavy on the Atlanta Arizona game. Uh, I'm sure you saw there was a missed extra point that would have would have led to probably a, a good bit of additional fantasy action in that game. Yeah. Did, uh, did that team that you have have Devonte Freeman? You were pretty heavy on uh, him. You and I both have talked about how we like him a lot. Did Devonte Freeman uh, end up on that team? No, it was a, it was a three running back team, which as you know, is a little bit unusual for me, but a thousand person field. I'm good with it. It was, it was sort of three pay up running backs. It was Chubb, Elliot, Fournette. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually, I'm actually uh, more uh, more inclined to pay up for running back at, at FanDuel given the touchdown dependency and the half PPR. Um, but it was a lineup with uh, just sort of a, a game stack. I had, I had Ryan Fitz, Ridley Hooper, and uh, it was in good position to, to win, and it was almost a lock to finish second. Uh, but then that missed extra point, that, that was a killer. Yeah, that listen, that construction you talked about, I built that same thing. I think Ridley was like a 5.4K last week and like Fitz was 5.6. So uh, definitely some like wrong pricing on those guys there. And there's still some really bad pricing on some of those guys over on FanDuel. Like Larry Fitzgerald, I think is still at the same price. Kirk is the same price. Uh, and that Cardinals-Giants team will be one that we're definitely talking about because there's a lot going on uh, with that one. Um, yeah, I know you're, I know you're a, a- – a little bit of uh, a season-long guy. You did some season-long. And the big talk in season-long is just how terrible the Atlanta defense is and how that leads to really a, a season-long bonanza for anyone who drafted Atlanta offense because they're just playing shootouts every week. It was just a track meet every single time. I think like one thing that you said from one of the first shows we did that's definitely stuck with me this season is talking about how it's like the race against time, right? Like I think that's so valuable. And like nothing is more painful than watching a running back just bleed the clock out for the other team. And you lose basically 25% of the game when that happens, right? Uh, the team gets the ball that's leading. They get the ball with like 12 minutes left and they just kill the clock down, you know, probably like eight minutes or so. And, you know, they either punt it or then they take a knee and it's all over. Like it's a disaster situation. So uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely going against Atlanta has been fun because uh, they're able to put the pressure on other teams. Their defense, they uh, just let uh, offense keep uh, keep going. Uh, anything else you got from last week, Stuart, that you want to mention? No, no I'm good to move on. Brandon, any final thoughts that uh, we missed or want to touch on? Well, uh, being in Atlanta, obviously, and reading the Atlanta press and watching watching this game, there's there's more talk on the local press than in the national press about the hip issue for Julio and thinking that that might have dragged him down a little bit past couple weeks um so uh then i guess Jalen ramsey is definitely playing this week is that the- i would assume he plays that that would be what i'm thinking i mean jacksonville to atlanta is not far and I'm, I'm sure they 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 don't want to put whoever right they got rid of marcus peters and they want to put whoever's behind marcus peters in there to uh play so i'm sure Ramsey's gonna be playing and the thinking is that he'll he'll just be on julio the whole time uh, I don't know for certain. Uh, I guess that's something obviously to dig through and see what the beat writers are saying on Sunday. That's probably something you might be able to catch then, but I, I don't know for certain. He probably would. I read a couple blurbs that, um, I, I know he shadows things that, that he, he will, uh, shadow Julio. I, I know he shadows running backs, but he doesn't like always shadow them in man to man. So there's a chance he's shadowing in zone, but I'm, I'm, he'll see him for probably the majority of the time I would say. Uh, unless Atlanta like tries and figures out how to move him around based on the coverage that they're doing, if they're playing a lot of zone, they, maybe they can find a way to do that. But I'm, I'm sure Ramsey's going to be following him around a little bit. 
Yeah, and that will be a, an interesting uh, game to stack because you have some additional degrees of freedom in L.A. Um, <clears throat> you have a, a lot of different ways to go in that game, whereas last week's Atlanta-Arizona game, there were not so many ways to go. Yeah, so we'll see how that all shakes up. Uh, before we move on, we're going to do positional breakdown, but before we do that, I have a couple things I want to mention. First of all, I want to talk about the Advanced Sports Analytics Twitter that you guys can check out. Uh, I got the Twitter handle here for you guys. Um, I did have it. It's uh, One second, let me find it for you again. Here it is. It's at uh, ADV Sports a-N-A-L-Y. So Advanced Sports Analytics, you search that on Twitter. You can give them a follow. Uh, you guys are always posting some interesting stats throughout the week. Uh, one thing I see you guys already uh, have posted yesterday, talking about Carrion Johnson offering legit RB1 usage and per-touch efficiency in the in line with guys like Zeke and David Johnson. So uh, that's a guy that we'll, when we get to Carrion Johnson and his price, I'll definitely be discussing him. He looks like he got that Monday night football, uh, you know, decreased price tag. So uh, yeah, uh, if you guys want to check out some of the stuff that they're doing over at Advanced Sports Analytics, you can find them on their website or you can check it out at their Twitter. It's at ADV Sports, A-N-A-L-Y. So check them out over there. Uh, one more thing to say, guys, don't forget, we have these... Roto Grinders, FanDuel single entry series going on. Uh, Brandon, I know I'm sure you've been to live finals before. We're giving away six finalists to get to go to the party in Puerto Rico to play for their own prize pool. This is over on FanDuel. Uh, so check that out. There's a $5 buy-in, a $33 buy-in, and a $100 buy-in. So check that out. It's an awesome contest going on over there. Uh, now let's dive in. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. Stuart, kick us off. Uh, what are you doing at the quarterback position this week? Well, yeah, I mean, we've already talked a little bit about that uh, Los Angeles and Atlanta game. And uh, for the second week in a row, I think our two highest projected air yards teams are playing against each other in that L.A. Uh, Los Angeles game. We had it last week with Houston versus KC. Um, yeah, I think it's, a, it's, it's another good spot uh, to, to you know, look towards that model to uh, find kind of our, our quarterbacks that we like. Uh, Matt Ryan is just straight up and getting there each week. Uh, he, you know, I think he's been over 300 yards every single week and uh, you would think that he has the opportunity to do it again this week. Um, so I do like both those guys and they don't seem to be uh, priced way up. I mean, we've seen their price tag climb a little bit, but uh, still kind of towards the middle of the pricing scale. Um, those are two guys that I'm, I'm looking at. And if I were going to think about, uh, you know, I'm not like too intrigued by some of the guys at the top, like Lamar Jackson or uh, you know, even like Josh Allen is uh I don't know. I'm seeing he's projected pretty high value, but I just feel like with that Miami game, there is kind of an opportunity or, or, or risk of just a blowout factor where Buffalo might turn to the run um, super heavily. But um, yeah, I, I like those two guys in the low sixes and then might look uh, kind of down the, down the pricing uh, scale, maybe towards like a Jacoby Brissett uh, in the mid fives. Um, those are some guys that I'm looking at at QB. Yeah, listen, you can never argue with these guys like Watson at the top. He's obviously always every single week a phenomenal option. Lamar Jackson, I have a little concerns about because like, you know, being in Seattle, that's not the easiest place to play. Uh, but yeah, Lamar's certainly fine. I'm looking at more of the cheaper guys kind of like you. Uh, one guy on FanDuel that's really cheap is Daniel Jones. Like on, on DraftKings, I'm not as interested, but I still think he's a good play at 6'1", but he's 7'2 over on FanDuel. I think that's interesting. Another guy on FanDuel too is Tyler Murray. Uh, he's going to be 7'7", I think, over there. And 
DK at 6-7, it's a pretty expensive price tag, but he's a good option. Russell Wilson's another good one. I'm with you. I'm curious what Brandon's take is on this. Uh, Josh Allen, I'm not really looking to play him too much compared to the other guys because, like I said, uh, uh, like Stewart said, I I'm pretty worried about the uh, blowout factor and them just running the ball and killing a ton of clock. And I want my guys in those back-and-forth games. I'm assuming, Brandon, you're on Ryan and Goff because of that back-and-forth action, uh, but where are you at? Um. Yeah, the thing with quarterback, though, is um, <clears throat> with quarterback, I'm okay in playing the guys in blowouts. Um, and the it's just a much different position than, say, wide receiver, where you, you would never want to play a guy in a blowout. Um, <clears throat> the thing is, they're extremely likely to get there. They still have access to their ceiling. Um, they are very likely to finish in the top, like Allen's very likely to finish in the top three QBs this week. Uh, you're getting him at a good price. It's very unlikely that even the best QB outpaces him by a lot, by like more than eight or 10 points. Um, so he's actually a good play. I mean, if you take a look at Brady in game one against Miami, uh, he was sort of just jogging, so to speak. He was just on a on a on a gentle stroll, and he he easily got to uh, a top four or so fantasy performance on there. He got he got to a good fantasy number. Um, the quarterback it just kind of goes like that because uh, they have possession all the time, and it's just kind of easy. And with Allen, I don't know, maybe he'll rush a little bit. Uh, it's just. It's a, it's a pretty good play this week. Um, and Goff and Ryan are going to be so popular, so, so popular that it's going gonna, it's gonna to really detract from their value. I think, uh, I think this is a week where you want to be uh, maybe more out of the box at the, at the quarterback position. It, it could really help you to, to pick a uh, low-probability quarterback wide receiver pair with, with some upside. Um, like Rogers has been bad. He just hasn't had those three TD games recently, but in a pace up matchup, uh, you could just take the chance that he reverts. <laughs> that would be a worthy tournament play. Um, you could pay up for Deshaun Watson when other guys aren't going to be doing it, uh, and, and run a double wide receiver set. Um, I think the payoff is very high this week for, for being a little bit out of the box. I also think that it's a week where um, much more so than other weeks, it might be a good idea to look at the corner solution where you find the cheap quarterback that you know is not going to be a top five performer on the week that will give you access to the best players in the other positions. Cause this week is unlike other weeks where, uh, a lot of our best values are at the high end. So you really want to be paying for Dalvin cook. You really want to be paying for Barkley and Fournette, and you want to, you want to be paying for cup. You, you, you kind of, you want to be paying up at the other positions. So there's a decent chance that the winning lineup is a, is a corner solution where you're, you're paying down for a bad quarterback. 
Alrighty, let's look who some of those bad quarterbacks could be then. Like, I mean, Stafford against Minnesota, we know he likes to throw the ball a ton. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, he's someone that's kind of interesting. So I think if you, you know, package him up with a guy like T.Y. Hilton, like he's at a really nice price tag. And people may say, oh, uh, Jacoby hasn't really played with T.Y. Hilton, but that's false. Uh, I saw in 2017, I went back and looked at the data. They played two games together. And the one game, uh, you know, Hilton went for 175 and two touchdowns. The other game, he went for like three catches and 14 yards. But it was a week 17 game when both teams were four and 12 and not really playing for much. So um, I, I don't know. Again, it's a very, very small sample, but the prices are both pretty nice on them. So that might be the bad quarterback you can go to. Uh, I don't know, Stuart. I'm looking for one of these cheap quarterbacks that uh, could possibly be the guy. Uh, who do you think is the cheap guy down here that we can, we can maybe go to? Well, yeah, following up on Brissett, I mean, I think you're, you're totally right. Like he, you know, one of the things we like about Brissett is that he does have a pretty narrow uh, target tree of guys that he can throw to. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, pretty easy to figure out who, who we want to stack with there. So, um, you know, do, I think, do you think that makes him a pretty viable option? I, I mean, yeah, I, I was looking at Stafford. I mean, the price is certainly uh, enticing down at five, two, um, I was looking at his distribution just before the show and he doesn't quite seem to have like the high, high upside that um, we, we, we might like um, out of uh, you know, a quarterback, but I, I do think he's intriguing. And um, I don't know, maybe if we, if we think Minnesota's kind of run defense, we'll be bottling up carry on Johnson and might tend towards pass. It's an interesting move there. Um, Gardner Minshew at five, uh, five, four, I think against Cincinnati, if uh you know, we think Cincinnati can try to make that game competitive and uh, force Jacksonville to not go completely run heavy. I think he's an interesting uh, option at 5-4. Um, yeah, so there's a couple guys. Yeah, here's actually a tournament question for you, Brandon, because uh, I, I always like wonder about this. Uh, you know, if you're playing a guy like Minshew, uh, how do you feel about running it back with Fournette and running it with D.D. Westbrook? Uh, or not D.D. Westbrook or, or Chark, one or the other, right? Like basically running the quarterback, running back, and receiver combo. What's your take on maybe doing that? Because Minshew is a really nice price. Fournette's got an interesting price tag, and some of these other Jaguars receivers are a pretty good price too. Um, I don't mind it, but... I would rather uh, pair him with Shark and Westbrook and and go chalky and expensive at every other position. So when you're when you're playing a cheap quarterback in a tournament, uh, the first important thing to note is you don't want to do it as part of a script. Like you don't want to do it, say, using an optimizer, because the optimizer is not going to always spend all of the money. And the whole point of choosing these guys is to get a corner solution, like to plug in a, a combination of players that other people can't have in their lineup. So to do that, you need to spend all the money, which typically requires you do it by hand if you want to do it intelligently. Of course, you could set the optimizer to spend all the money, but that's not a good way. Um, so that's principle one. If you're choosing one of these guys that are super cheap, spend all the money. Principle two is you, you really want to do it in a way where the other parts of the game, you're, you're pivoting from what the other people in the tournament are doing. Since Fournette's going to be so popular here, you would want to take the stance that everyone's saying they're going to do it with Fournette. I'm going to say they're going to do it in the air. And then, you knock out all those lineups that, that have Fournette. Um, and then also what you want to do is maximize the correlation 
And with Minshew, he he doesn't need to be a top three quarterback performer for you to have a tournament winning lineup, but he needs to be like top six, which pretty much means on that team that that both Shark and Westbrook have to get there. So I would be inclined to have both of those receivers in most of the lineups with Minshew. Um, and then for the rest of the lineup, you should be inclined to go very chalky just because that piece, the Minshew piece, is going to be so special. All righty. Sounds good. Any other quarterbacks you want to discuss, Brandon, at the cheap end that you think could be interesting or you want to head on over to the running backs? I – I think we hit on the guys that are that are sort of most interesting. I think uh, I think Brissett is a guy that will be popular deservedly. I think Minshew is a guy that will be popular. Um, I think um, <clears throat> I think Dalton is a guy you could take like a just a a couple of special lineups and leave it at that. Um, and staff, I think Stafford's going to be quite popular. Um, Rogers, you could sort of go against the, the one year stats and, and, and just hope again that he, re- he reverts. Uh, it's a reasonable play. Alrighty. Let's head on over to the running back position. And at the top, it's not Christian McCaffrey. He's not on this slate, so we don't have to worry about him. Uh, we'll go from one amazing running back to another. It's Barkley, and he's 8.9K over on DraftKings. Absolutely love the matchup against the Cardinals. I think he's a guy worth jamming in. I also think for 900 or less, if you want to you know, take Dalvin Cook with the volume he's seeing against Detroit, I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, One guy I think is going to be so, so chalky and a really, really good option is Leonard Fournette at 7K. We talked about him earlier, but I think he's a perfect play this week. Uh, I'll go over to you, Stuart. Uh, what are you doing at the top end running backs? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I like like Saquon a lot. Um, and if kind of the lineup construction works where there there's, you know, a reasonable play to get him in the lineup, I, you know, I think it's something I'll try for. But certainly not uh, at the moment, not treating him as a must play uh, type type running back. Uh, the, the price is pretty expensive and I'm maybe a little more intrigued by some of the guys from the uh, – five to eight range. I mean, you mentioned Dalvin Cook and Fournette. Um, Dalvin Cook, I mean, I, I really love uh, the guy's volume has been has been there all season long, and he's also been super efficient per touch. Um, I think he's just, you know, an excellent op- an option, and uh, the Detroit matchup, I think, is actually reasonably decent for him. Uh, price come down from last week, so intrigued by Cook. Um, yeah, might, might kind of have to go back to Leonard Fournette, even though, um, you know, he didn't totally smashed last week. Like his floor just appears to be quite high given the volume that he's getting. And there's seems like pretty few routes uh, to failure for him. Um, So those are kind of, I I think I, uh, unless there's kind of an obvious value opening up at one of the other positions or or it's, you know, just very clear that I'm going to pay down a quarterback. I can't really see myself trying to uh, jam in Saquon and might, might opt for uh, kind of that tier below him. Yeah, I listen, it's tough, right? Like that if you put him in there, Barkley, it's not the easiest, but this matchup is just so perfect. I'm expecting so many points to be scored in this game. Uh Brandon, uh, what are you doing with Barkley? Uh, you know, he's not Christian McCaffrey. Uh, that name's not there, so maybe you're playing Barkley. Uh, how are you approaching him at that 8.9k price tag? 
Well, um, <clears throat> we've given our sort of advanced sports analytics spiel about why in, in big field tournaments you don't want to play running backs priced at 8900 but uh, we won't go through that again. Uh, one thing we haven't researched, but you would need a research is guys coming back from high ankle sprains. Obviously he's come back earlier than most people. Uh, do they, do they have full go? Are they, are they somewhat limited? If, if he's, if he's even limited by 15%, you don't want to play him at that price tag. So, uh, that's something you kind of need to know. Um, and I can't answer that for you. Uh, I think cook is the guy that I'll be significantly overweight, maybe locked. Uh, I think that he will, uh, he will, uh, have a very high likelihood of being a, a, a top three running back. And I think most of the sharper players will know that last week was a special situation where, Minnesota through because Philly is very strong against the run and quite weak against the pass. And it was, it was sort of always going to go down the way that it went down. Um, but maybe people will say, all right, well, it was, a, it was all in the air last week. We don't really see cook playing in, in, in part of it. So, so I think, uh, he might be a little bit underowned, and I'll, he'll, he'll be my, uh, my favorite. And then Fournette, I gave the case for him. I think, uh, I think I'll be at least equal weight with him. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely a great option. Stuart, we'll head back over to you and talk about some of these. Brandon there? Uh, no, Brandon's here. I think we're good. Stuart, you there? All righty, Stuart, uh, talk to me about the mid-tier running backs here. Where are you going? One guy, I don't know if you consider him mid-tier at 5.1K, is Kerryon Johnson. I know you, you know, you, the Twitter uh, mentioned him a little bit over there. He's a guy that I like in that price range that I'll definitely be looking at. Uh, who are some of the mid-tier running backs you're interested in, Stuart? Well, yeah, if we can consider KJ mid-tier, I that he's a mid-tier option that I'm quite interested in. Um, yeah, I mean, at, at 5-1, he, he's, as we kind of discussed in, in our uh, Twitter handle, uh, you know, he's at RB1 usage. It's uh, not the greatest matchup for him, but at 5-1, I, you know, I think he is a dynamic enough of a player where he, he can get involved in the passing game as well. And uh, I don't know that the game script, like, sets up so terribly for him. Uh, I think last I saw was, like, Minnesota favored by one and kind of a middling, like, like 45 total. Um, so, I mean, I think that's kind of an environment that sets up reasonably well for him. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the volumes there, he, he's proven to be an, uh, an efficient runner on a per touch basis. And uh, so long as Minnesota just doesn't go absolutely like cruise control uh, early and kind of put uh, Detroit in the backseat, like he's a play I like a lot. Um, but I kind of do expect him to be pretty popular. I think Josh Jacob, and we might be getting into the low tier, but Josh Jacobs is a guy just below him who also has kind of that RB1 role locked down. I just think he's a little less dynamic of pass catcher and probably in a less favorable game script than KJ. Um, so on kind of a you know per dollar basis, I'm a little more intrigued by Johnson, but if you are going to play the ownership game, uh, you think there's an opportunity to go down to Jacobs. Uh, Chris Carson is in, I think, a really good spot, and especially if uh, Rashad Penny is going to be out again this week. This isn't really the Baltimore defense that we've been seeing in the past, and uh, they, they, they are susceptible, a susceptible defense, uh, 
at home, Seattle at home. I do think it sets up for a nice spot for Carson. So uh, he's a guy I you know could also see uh, striving for in some of my lineups. Yeah, listen, I don't love that 6K-ish range. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Basically, anything under four net, like, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. Like, Carson, I guess, with his usage that he's seeing is great. But we've seen, like, he can get the quick hook when he has that fumbling issue. Um, and even when they get down sometimes, they end up, like, leaning on ProSize a little bit more, and they got Penny. So, uh, Brandon, how about you? How are you handling these mid-tier and cheap running backs? Well, I think, it, I think the viable plays are – more concentrated this week than in previous weeks, which means that uh, in tournaments, you do want to spice it up and take some plays that are clearly lower equity. We, we've mentioned the plays that, that I think are, are clearly best. I think Fournette, Cook, Carson, Carrion Johnson, Barkley are the clearly best plays on the week, and those will be uh, correspondingly popular. Um, I think it is a week where you can be a bit straightforward and, and have a lot of those top plays, but <clears throat> I think it's viable to spice it up with, with pass catching running backs that have some upside. So, uh, take your chances with some Devonta, uh, again with Freeman, you can take the contrarian stance that, uh, Devonta will get there and the Atlanta passing game will not get there. Um, you could take some chances with Mixon, who's disappointed all year and is at a very cheap price tag this week. Um, I think I think that's very vi- viable. You can take some chances with Josh Jacobs, with David Johnson. Um, and I think it's also somewhat reasonable to take take some chances with high-priced guys in kind of bad spots that are for sure going to be super low-owned. So, like, Kamara against Chicago. Chicago is a nightmare for, for running, but he's going to be owned at probably 5% or less in the, in the tournaments, and there's – there, there aren't many people with access to his ceiling. So um, I, think, I think you can, you can purposefully this week play um, low equity guys at the running back position knowing, knowing that the high equity is, uh, plays are going to be very crowded. Yeah, Brandon, the one thing I'll ask you about Kamar, are you worried about that knee injury that he had that popped up? Uh, last week, he only got 59% of the snaps. The week before, he was at 68%. I mean, that was a little bit lower for him. And then Latavius Murray, uh, right here, I got it. Week six, he had done 42% of the snaps. And then week five, he had 32% of the snaps. Uh, those were two of his biggest weeks in snap share. Uh, any worry? Because like we've seen this in the past with the Saints. Like They understand that Kamara is their key to winning a Super Bowl. They understand that this is a guy that they want healthy for the playoffs. Do you think they maybe decide to lean on Latavius Murray a little bit more in the regular season to make sure Kamara is fully healthy here? So for me, I do all my injury work like uh, on Saturday night. Um, if, if there's, if there are doubts, uh, on Saturday, I would say you don't want to play him this week, but I think he, without regard to the injury situation, he has the, he has the profile of, of a good low owned tournament play this week, even though the Chicago defense is, is nightmarish. 
Yeah, the defense definitely adds to make him the low on plan. On top of that, the Q tag that's sitting there all the time, right? Uh, and it could turn out that maybe he's just perfectly fine. It's not an issue, but it's just something worth noting. And, you know, if you're keeping track of what's going on with the beat reporters and kind of the news, like you find out on Saturday night and Sunday morning of what maybe teams are going to do and how much, uh, you know, usage they're going to get or how much teams going to push him is very important. Um, anything else you want to discuss at running back, Brandon, or you want to move on to receivers? Oh, let's move on. Alrighty, let's head on over to the receivers. And uh, we were talking pre-show, Stuart. We we're talking about the receivers at the top, and I don't think it's a week to really spend on these guys, at least in cash games. Uh, maybe in tournaments, it's viable then because of all the uh, low ownership. I think you're going to get on these guys. Um, you know, Julio's got that questionable tag, and he's kind of disappointed a little bit. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with the Packers situation and their receivers. So Adams, he's questionable, and like Thomas, Hopkins, and Cooper Cup. Like I just don't see them getting the traction this week. I see a lot of people going to these mid-range wide receivers. Uh, how are you approaching these top end guys, Stuart? Yeah, I think I'm with you. I mean, Cup's the only guy who's above seven that I think I'm maybe considering, um, you know, for for a bounce back week. But uh, I don't know. I, I find uh, kind of with the LA receivers, it's best to just go with the guy who you think is going to be least amount of owned uh, or the two guys who you think are going to be least owned. And I do expect cup to be quite popular. Um, I think that's a game from an area arts projection standpoint that, that looks really good. Um, but I, I might be more inclined to, to go with uh, woods or cooks out of the LA game, just from an ownership standpoint. Um, but yeah, so I, I think I'm with you. Uh, and we kind of talked about wanting to spend up uh, or at least in the middle at running back and perhaps QB. So um probably going to avoid some of these top tier receivers. And yeah, I, I agree. I think some of the, the real high price guys just don't set up to be in super great spots given their, given their price tag. Yeah, Brandon, you're a guy that you spend up a lot at receiver because uh, that upside that they can, you know, capture. And I think this is one of those weeks that you're going to get a lot of low owned receivers. So uh, break these guys down for me. Like who do you want? Which guys are popping up the most to you that you find the most interesting? Well, um, <clears throat> I think it's a week more than most where you you want to start at quarterback and and really think carefully about uh, lineup construction. So my approach will be if I'm if I'm playing a game that I will tend to have quarterback plus two wide receivers this week. Um, <clears throat> That's because the games that are popular, we know will be very popular. And you really want to, uh, you really want to, in my opinion, throw away those scenarios where the quarterback gets there with one wide receiver who's, who goes off completely and, and try to capture the scenarios where the, the quarterback that you choose if he's going to be a popular quarterback like like Goff or Ryan, um, you want to play for the scenario where they're the QB one on the week, and they have a a four or five touchdown game. They they're mostly they're mostly throwing to top wide receivers, and you pick the two correct air options. Uh, so. I think if you're going to play LA Atlanta, it's pretty much worthless to play two players from that game. Um, it's it, it's worthless in my opinion to play one or two players from that game. You want to tend to uh, game stack it or or nothing, and your typical construction should be 
quarterback plus two air options plus at least one option coming back. Um, and then if I'm if I'm taking a shot uh, at a low owned quarterback, I want I want that quarterback plus his best air option, possibly two of his options, and then one player coming back in that game. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is if you're in the Roto-Grounders lineup HQ builder, make sure to be getting like four to five guys from that game in your build if you're playing that game because, it, listen, there's going to be a lot of offense scored and you want to make sure you're maximizing the opportunity there. Um, let's talk about some of these cheaper receivers now because, listen, like uh, some of these cheap guys I have a lot of interest in. I think this like you know below 6K range is so enticing. Uh, T.Y. Hilton at 5.9K, really good option. Stewart mentioned a guy like Robert Woods who's a good play at that price at 5.9K the upside in that game. Galladay at 5.8K is great. We're seeing Tyler Boyd at one of his lower ownerships at 5.6K. And with no Jalen Ramsey now, with Boye mainly in the slot, I mean, Tyler Boyd could just absolutely dominate here. Uh, Brandon Cook's another guy that was just mentioned. Calvin Ridley at 5.3. He's really interesting. Christian Kirk at 5K with that questionable tag. If he's playing against that terrible giant secondary, he's an interesting option. Uh, DK Metcalf in that really high total. He gets a condensed amount of targets, about like four to seven a game. But uh, Russell Wilson targets are always great targets. So uh, expecting some good upside for him there. D.D. Westbrook's at 4.9. Mike Williams, 4.6. Like this range is loaded, Stuart. Uh, Who are some of your favorite guys in this one? Well, yeah, you touched on or we touched on those L.A. guys and you also called out some of the Seattle guys. I mean, I, I do um, like both Lockett and, and Metcalf uh, at their price points. I think it's, uh, you know, a strong uh, matchup for them. And that team kind of with with uh, I believe Disley's out. Right. Uh, you know, should have like a more condensed uh, kind of target tree. So those are those are two guys I think are really in play. And um, yeah, I mean, Arizona guys, we always like um you know, given their pace. And I think there's kind of good run back opportunity, uh, either, either if you're going to stack with Kyler um, or even go like Daniel Jones and then uh, run it back with one of those Arizona guys. I, I do think that's uh, that's an intriguing matchup. Uh, another guy that I think got off to a really strong start and, and I always think is worth, you know, a couple tournament dart throws, uh, but he's kind of cooled off lately is John Brown. Um, if, you know, we, we, we might uh, look to see if he can uh, – catch a deep one early. And I mean, the guy has just such massive big play potential that, uh, you know, he can, he can be a, a tournament winning uh, player just based on, you know, a couple big plays. Yeah, definitely a lot of guys to play there. Stuart and likes the guys that you touched upon. Uh, Brandon, how about you? I mean, I rattled off a ton of guys in this range. Uh, who are some of the ones that are popping out to you? So uh, Lockett has not passed the, eyeball test so much this week and you ha- you've rarely been happy that you played him the this year but uh he's in a great spot i think he's one of your top values i think the hilton hopkins combo will be uh, exceptionally popular hilton will be the most popular player on the week his price range fits the slate just perfectly and as we said it's a it's a very condensed target tree there uh, good matchup. I think he'll be insanely popular, and I think the the Hopkins Hilton uh, comeback will be uh, very very popular. Um, I think I think for me personally, I will for tournaments uh, have a lot more Woods and Cooks than uh, Cup because. 
Cup is a player. He's a great cash game play. Uh, for tournaments, he on a week like this, he'll be very popular. Um, but it's as it's almost as likely that Woods or Cooks has has the big game. They'll be much much lower owned, um, and they tend to break out the big plays more. So uh, for me, it's Woods and Cooks as tournament plays over Cup. Um, I think again at tournament Beasley has historically had a poor tournament profile. Uh, he tends to catch a lot of short passes and be very condensed around that 15 fantasy point outcome. Um, so historically he's been a bad tournament play, but I think this week we don't, we don't, we don't know what that matchup is like. Uh, the, the line is suspiciously large in favor of Buffalo. Um, there is talk around Miami of just straight giving up. Uh, so we, we, don't, we don't have a lot of data points for, what, for how someone like Beasley will do in a matchup like this. Uh, the point spread is outrageous. Buffalo, uh, not, seemingly not a strong enough team to warrant that, that kind of insane point spread. But in the, maybe Miami has just given it up. So, but Brown has the, uh, the historically beautiful tournament distributions where he occasionally finds himself in tournament winning lineups. And you could easily see him going off for a couple of very big plays this week. Yeah, yeah, the one thing I like about Brown too, uh, Brandon, is this is a team that they don't have a good defensive line, right? Their defense is bad, so it gives more time for the pocket to develop, more time for the plays to develop, and for John Brown to get open deep and for Allen to hit him. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good call there. Uh, Tate's another guy that's really interesting in his price. has been really safe. Uh, I got, you got a guy like Slayton in that Arizona Giants game. Um, you know, who are the cheaper guys? Lazard's another one that I think could become in play based on some injury news. Uh, Stuart, who are the guys that you're kind of looking at here for really, really cheap? Yeah, I like that call with Slayton. Um, I'm, you know, here in New York, so I find myself watching a decent amount of Giants games. And uh, yeah, I mean, he he's looked like a guy that Daniel Jones has been looking for. I think that the uh, insertion of Jones in a quarterback has really benefited Slayton. Um, be interesting to see uh, the return of Saquon, how, how that uh, impacts kind of uh, the Giants' offensive uh, market share. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that call with Slayton. Um, he, he's, uh, you know, quite cheap. And uh, I don't know, I, I, it, to me it feels like there's kind of dir- a dearth of, like, sub-four guys. Like in previous weeks, you know, we were able to get, like, a couple of those Miami receivers at pretty, like, you know, projectable value. Uh, but it doesn't seem like – I'm not seeing too many guys below four that are really uh, – becoming obvious plays. So I think uh, if we are going to try to uh, look for salary relief at the receiver position, looking for, for a kind of guy in that low four uh, to mid fours range uh, is probably kind of the route we want to take. Yeah. Brandon, how about you in this lowish 4k range and the three K guys, like uh, are there any dart throws that can get it done for you? That might be some salary relief. Well, uh, pairing a Slayton with Keyshawn Johnson and then going, chalky and expensive at every other position is is a good play um ingram will be justifiably popular at the tight end position you could also do um ingram and Keyshawn johnson 
um, <clears throat> I think um, I think you have some really strong plays as we've as we've mentioned in that four to six k range. So going below four k is kind of tough to do this week. Um, Metcalf, we mentioned, will be a strong play. Um, I think uh, Valdez Scantling is viable. Um, and yeah, I, I, for me, I don't see myself going below 4K very much. I think that that Giants Arizona game is the only spot where I'll likely do it. All righty. Let's move on to the tight end position and talk about that. Cause listen, tight end this week, we got, you know, the Kittle, uh, not Kittle, we got Ingram against Arizona, right? Uh, the flow chart says, at least what everyone's talking about on Twitter is that you have to play Ingram, right? Cause he's playing against Arizona. It's such a perfect dream matchup at 6.5 K, but there's also another guy in the conversation, Stuart, there's Hunter Henry at 4 K, which he did not get a, uh, you know, pricing hike based on what he did on Sunday night football. I don't think people expected him to return. He saw a decent amount of snaps about 67 so, uh, Stuart, how are you approaching the tight end position? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it's hard to ignore the results and what we've seen against Arizona so far this year. And uh, Ingram's priced up, but I, I mean, I think uh, deservedly so. And uh, I think he, he's definitely in consideration for me. Um, I also like, I mean, two guys kind of just below five and, and Andrews and Waller. Um, Waller's market share has been down a little bit. Um, but I, I still think he's kind of one of these tight ends that's getting, uh, you know, wide receiver type, type usage. Um, and, you know, I think that that's kind of an area I'm going to look. Uh, and, and as well as Andrews, I mean, the, the, both these guys are commanding just a lot of uh, target share in their respective offenses. Uh, seems like Andrews may be in a little better uh, game environment. Well, eh, actually, I don't know. I mean, I think they're both in, in uh, you know, equally – intriguing game environments. I think both teams you would expect to play from behind. Um, actually, now that I think about it, I mean, maybe Waller is in a better, better spot. Uh, you know, Seattle defense can be tough, but um, yeah, I, I probably will be paying for, for one of those kind of mid tier guys, or, or if I'm able to fit an in Ingram looking there, um, I don't know. I just, I guess I get a little worried with, with Los Angeles. Like that's a pretty slow paced team. And, Tennessee is as well. I do get concerned that maybe there's just not uh, going to be a ton of plays run and both teams are going to try to uh, just ground and pound, like, you know, limit the amount of plays that, that their opponent runs by limiting the plays, the amount of plays that they run. Um, so I don't know. For, for me, that might be a little bit uh, cause for concern with, with Hunter Henry, but um, yeah, just my personal opinion. <laughs> All right, Brandon, how about you? How are you approaching tight end? I mean, a guy like Darren Waller is someone that I looked at and thought at that price, he would be a really interesting turn option that people might not be all over with a great game script. Another guy who's, I think, a really good play in that same range is Mark Andrews at 4,900. Who are the tight ends you're looking at? Well, uh, I think it's a position where the the values are clear. Uh, The guys that we've mentioned will be justifiably popular with, with Andrews, Waller and Ingram getting Andrew Waller's Ingram uh, Kittle Hooper getting most of the play, especially uh, Andrew's Waller and Ingram. So I think 
those guys will be justifiably popular, but because we said the running back position is very loaded this week and very loaded with high-priced options, the the value of hitting a low-priced dart throw is very high this week. Uh, so in tournaments, it's low equity plays, but from the tight end position, all you need is that five catch, one TD. Uh, you dream of the two TD performance. Um, the payoff could be quite high for uh, Jack Doyle, uh, Jimmy Graham. Delaney Walker has been quiet since the first game of the season, but take a take a shot there. Um, Gerald Everett has some value because the, the Rams wide receivers will be – very popular. You could just avoid golf and the Rams wide receivers and, and play Everett. Um, Eifert's been real bad, but the um, Cincinnati offense has sort of got a lot of moving pieces and you don't necessarily know what it's going to look like week to week. So these sort of low equity plays, I think have a lot of value uh, in tournaments this week, just because it'll, it, it allows you to then be chalky at the running back uh, position and pay up there. Yeah, one of those guys is Aikens for really cheap. I think you could consider him for the Texans. Uh, you know, he's been pretty solid overall, but uh, or not Aikens, sorry, Fells is the guy. Uh, Fells is a really cheap price tag. Uh, he's at 3.1K. Uh, he's someone that you can definitely go to there. I mean, he has put in some really solid games, 12.9 fantasy points, 16 fantasy points. And that was on seven targets and then two targets. A little bit of flukiness there, but if he helps jam in the guys, I totally get it. We've seen the Colts struggle a little bit against tight end, so he's a cheap guy you can go to. Um, just because Disley's out doesn't mean we're moving to Luke Wilson, right, uh, Stuart? We're not just plugging in Luke Wilson and expect that same production? Probably not. One guy I'm kind of just interested in, curious to get your thoughts, is Foster Moreau. Uh, his target share has been climbing uh, really since the start of the season. He actually got two red zone looks last week compared to Waller zero. Um, you guys interested in him at all or not? Not really. I don't know what a Foster Moreau is. You just enlightened me. So uh, this guy plays uh, football. So uh, yeah, that's interesting. Brandon, what do you think of Foster Moreau? For me, it's still Waller. Uh, but the, but this week, there's so much benefit to the 2,700 guy. Uh, you could you could just go straight chalk at all the other positions and, and sneak him in the tight end. Uh, I think I think the value of being contrarian with the low end this week is especially high because there's so much concentration in the Atlanta game and at the high end running back. Yeah, I do think there's going to be the ownership is mainly going to be uh, concentrated on Ingram, Hooper, Andrews, and I'd say Henry. That's where I kind of think. Um, what about you, Stuart? Who are the guys you think are going to get the mainly the ownership here at tight end? Yeah, I mean, you would you would figure Ingram will get a lot. I think people are pretty privy to this uh, Atlanta tight end flow chart. Um, and, you know, I think people are also becoming privy to Waller as well as just a guy who's soaking, soaking up a ton of targets. So I would guess those two are kind of the guys that people are going to lock on to. Um, I don't know. Hooper's been on, on a real roll. Um, and his price, like, hasn't gone insanely through the roof. But I don't know. I think – people are kind of sharp enough where they're, they're seeing that, you know, he's producing these big games and ideal matchups. And um, I don't know, Los Angeles isn't a terrible matchup for him, but it's just not quite as good as we saw last week with Arizona. But uh, I could see Hooper getting, you know, covered with a decent amount of ownership. Uh, 
All righty. Anything else you want to cover at the tight end position, Brian, or you want to move on and talk about some defenses for a little bit? Let's move on. All right. Let's talk about some defenses here and see if there's anything that we can uncover. Uh, you know, defense, listen, the bills are 4.3 K and uh, I get it. It's paying for defense. Isn't something I want to do, but this Miami defense or offense is historically really, really bad. Uh, I think they're a team that's worth spending up on. If you can, like they just can have such a massive, massive ceiling. Another team I see here is the bears at three K. They have a really nice ceiling there too, at that price. Um, Brandon, uh, kick it off for us here. Who's some of the defenses that you like? Yeah, so the Bears uh, really passing the eyeball test this week. They look uh, they look outstanding. I think uh, I think they're sort of a perfect tournament and cash play. Really, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't think they'll make cash game construction. I think you'll pay down for the Colts probably. But um, for tournaments, they're they're great. They have that big play ability. Um, <clears throat> I see a very low likelihood that they have a, a low fantasy point uh, week. Um, I think the Bills are a great play. 12-point total. I can't recall seeing that. Miami's on a 12-point total. Uh, you've had a lot of turnover. Fitzpatrick uh, is in there now. He's known as a very streaky guy. Um I didn't mention much about Miami in the offensive portion of things, but it's it's worth saying that it, it is a game. They're playing football. They're gonna they're gonna run fifty five plays each. Like a a reasonable play based on Fitzpatrick sort of manic depressive uh, fantasy outcomes is to to either play the Bills defense or to uh, play. Maybe John Brown with a Miami guy coming back. Of course, the Miami guys are going to be super low equity. That goes without saying it's a 12-point offense on the week. But we do know it's been Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. No one's going to play them. Uh, Fitzpatrick is a streaky guy. He's shown up before in spots where it seemed like he could never show up. Uh, Kenyon Drake... It came out today that he uh, is likely to be traded. I don't know what that means motivationally. Does he does he show up, show off, or does he protect himself? I, I have no idea what that means, but he's likely to be traded. Um, so you could you could see a game from Preston Williams or Devontae Parker. I I um, that said, the probabilities are throw in some. Some Bills D. All righty, Stuart. Uh, who are some of the defenses you like that you think we can touch upon here to help us take down a tournament this week? Well, yeah, I'm going to, I think, probably stick to just the results of this uh, pressure projection app that we've put together. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of believe that uh, these, uh, you know, smart projection uh, works pretty well, and I do think pressure is a good way to project uh, defensive success. Um, the team that's you know, we have uh, one of the teams kind of tied for uh, most, you know, projected QB hits to achieve is the Indianapolis Colts uh, and they're priced all the way down at 200. I think that's a really compelling defense. Uh, Houston has protected Watson pretty well in the last couple of weeks, but uh, I don't know. I do think there, there's some upside to just uh, taking that offensive line as kind of a below average offensive line. Uh, I, do, I do like uh, Indianapolis as a, 
potential to get after the quarterback. Another kind of low-priced defense that we're projecting to apply a lot of pressure to the quarterback is the New York Giants. Um, Kyler Murray has taken his fair share of QB hits. And, um, I mean, that that, that defense has uh, shown potential to be kind of, uh, you know, ball-hawking prone uh, with the ability to turn some uh, turnovers around for for six the other way. So that's a defense I'm also intrigued by. and we did discuss the Bills. I mean, they, they also projected our model to apply a lot of pressure to Miami. And even though they're priced up pretty high, I do think uh, you can make the case that, you know, pressures on the Dolphins quarterbacks are probably the highest value pressures uh, of any kind of opponent that, that you could apply. So uh, totally with you guys, I think the Bills priced up uh, is warranted just given the insanely low game total, uh, the value of those QB pressures that, that we can uh, project Buffalo to apply. Alrighty, guys, before we get on out of here, think of like a, you know, one of your top plays of the slate that you want to give to the people. But before we do that, I just want to mention this week, we have the NFL premium block uh, here at Roto Grinders. We got GPP final takes and crunch times. These are free shows going on uh, that we're going to be giving away to you guys. So tune in Sunday morning for those shows. Uh, It's a free stream. Normally it's paid for, it's behind the paywall, but this week we'll be giving it to you guys. So please guys check that out. It's an absolutely good time. You get all the GPP final thoughts based on the information and news. Uh, from our our analysts here and then you also get crunch time which you know gives you that last second thoughts gives you some core plays and ways to break down the slate Uh, a guy like jsu rab is gonna be on the show and he took down 100k on yahoo this season so definitely worth tuning in and listening to that uh stewart uh who's your guy give me someone that's gonna help people take down all the money yeah i mean i I love that uh los angeles stack of golf cooks woods um I think they're just in a great spot from projectable area standpoint, really good matchup. And uh, if we do expect ownership to be a little higher on Cooper cup, uh, I think there's some really good uh, strong plays and, and just the, the, the price is pretty strong, I think for all of them. So I, I really like that, uh, you know, double stack right there. All righty, Brandon, who's your guy? Who's the one that you think is going to help take down all the GPP money? Well, uh, I think, I think my favorite plays this week are all just, Thinking about where everyone else is going and doing the opposite. Everyone else is playing Atlanta Pass. You play Devonta Freeman. Everyone else is playing Carrion Johnson. Uh, you play Galladay. Um, everyone else is playing Lockett. You play Carson. Like just for me, it's it's that sort of week where I'm just going uh, just going a little bit off the walls. Alrighty, I'll give you two guys. One is Mike Williams. Love his price at 4.6K. I think he's going to have a pretty good game. But uh, the guy who's got that Q tag on him all week and should be super low owned, at least I'm, I'm thinking that right now because it's Thursday. He's got the Q tag. Uh, that's Christian Kirk that's in that Arizona Giants game. So uh, I'm wondering how that injury is going to affect the ownership throughout the week. And I think it, it could uh, you know do a little number on the ownership of what it would be if they, he was for sure healthy. But listen, guys, we got to get on out of here. Thanks a lot for joining us again on the Advanced Sports Analytics Show. Uh, I'm your host, Travis Mingo. We're getting out of here, though. For me, Travis, Brandon, and Stuart, we're out of here.